over the top was sumptuous, and Sanchez's skills were sublime. Oh, Rodman! Rodman! The number two pick scores for the Spirit! And the Annie Elliott, uh, back with you once again to talk about the Washington Spirit. And I have with me here today, Joe Dabney and Andre Carlisle. How are you both? I think the silence says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was drinking water, full disclosure, so my silence was, was not intentional. I was trying to think of what I was. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm a little tired because I'm... Uh... Just flew to Chicago for a work conference. So yeah, it's um it's been a day. It's gonna be a week, but you know, I'm ready for it. All right. Um, well, we're here mostly to talk about the Washington Spirits last match against Houston Dash, which uh, as you probably know, ended in a zero zero draw. I guess I'll just do a little rundown of the the lineups to start us off. Spirit were um as as now as usual in a four four two with a uh, Kingsbury in the back, you know, keeping goal. Carl Staub, Mikion, and ba- er, Mikion and Bailey as defenders. Sullivan, Horena, Mateer, Sanchez as midfielders, and Hatch and Rodman up top as our two forwards. Uh, the Dash were in a four-three-three, which I think is also pretty much the expected lineup for them this season. Um, they started Campbell, Chapman, Prizak, Jacobs, Didasco, Vigiano, San- Sanchez, Schmidt, Peterson, Ordonez, and Salmon. Um, any surprises for you two there, particularly with the Spirit? I don't know if I'd say surprised, but I am maybe surprised as to work. Maybe surprised at the consistent choice of players for the lineup. Usually in the start of seasons, it's kind of where they mix it up a bit before games. So I guess the consistency is a bit surprising, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Um... It's it's fun. It's that you can pretty much pick the spirit lineup, which is which I think at this point is interesting uh, as well. So I'm kind of here for that. Although um, I I was I was kind of anticipating trying to see what was going to happen. I know we'll talk about it later, but that Bailey Feist role that Bailey Feist is injured still and not able to play, and he's kind of used different players in that role. And I was kind of interested to see who he's going to choose, and he chose Jarena. So I was a thought I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I was I was maybe a little surprised by that because I see her a little more in a defensive role than what Bailey Feist has been typically called on to do, um, which is a little more attacking, a little more moving the ball into the attack. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting. Game obviously was at Audi Field, uh, <laughs> which was a, a little bit of a, I'll say people were nervous. It was a rainy day. It was very stormy, but luckily it cleared up just in time for the game. Um, so, I, you know, I was there enjoying the nice weather. Um, <laughs> I don't know. About- I've got to, I've got to, I've got to chastise the listeners because we told you from the podcast account that we had reliable mm. sources that the rain was going to be out of the area by the time the game kicked off. Don't worry about the fact that it poured down raining about like, <laughs> like 20 minutes before, before full time. That, that, that part doesn't matter. The game kicked off and the weather was great. And we told you it would be, that's all I'm saying. And you know, they've extended those rooftops at Audi now. So I was perfectly dry. I just think everyone should have been there. I, I don't know where you all were. This kind of has nothing to do with soccer as a whole, but it is surprising that with how much rain DC gets, that all the stadiums and arenas aren't just closed or at least retractable. It has nothing to do with like anything serious, but it's fancy. 
Just a thought. <laughs> well, um, so a few things to talk about with this game. Um, an early one was Dorian Bailey was injured just a few minutes really into the first half and, and was subbed off um, and Amber Brooks came on for her. And I know, I think you probably were in the uh, post game interview with Mark Parsons, Andre. Did he have any kind of update on that? Yeah. Um, he said that it, it didn't seem too serious. He said she had a bit of a tight uh, hamstring and uh, she was like, I'm, I think I'm, I'm good to go. Said it felt all right. And then she went and she apparently felt it and they decided not to risk it at all and just have her come off. Um, but he said that, you know, they'll obviously they have to do all of their, you know, the trainers, the medical staff have to have to see uh, and test it. But he he did say that afterwards she seemed like she was fine. And she told him she told him that she was fine. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Hamstrings are, are tricky. Uh, they can seem fine. And as soon as you start to sprint, it can not feel fine. So we'll have to see exactly what fine means. But uh, I thought it was interesting that Amber Brooks came in at right back and he, he persisted with keeping uh, McGown at, at center back, which I think was, it's kind of a, if not, if not, I think bold might be too strong of a word, but it's also like a statement, I think. Like she is, by now, I believe, four games in our starting center back. And that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely think it was a vote of confidence. Um, <laughs> and I was actually thinking last night about my question from, maybe it was a preseason discussion we had, which was, what does Mark Parsons think Amber Brooks's best position is. And I, I don't, I still don't think we know. So, I mean, she's definitely, he's using her as a, the real utility player um, and not as a center back yet, as I, I don't think. Maybe subbed in one time for uh, Mikyon. I like the use of the versatility, though, that he feels like he can put her where, wherever, technically, when necessary. <laughs> Including not forward. Necess- <laughs> <laughs> not sure if it's reliable or logical or what he's thinking because he's not really going to tell us, but. I do like it. It's very entertaining and always surprising when she comes on the field at a different spot. Yeah. Um, what did you think about, I mean, this is jumping ahead in our notes a little bit. What did you think about um, Tara in the center back role? I feel like I've already talked a lot about players changing positions and me being a really big fan of it. And I, I enjoyed it. I think it made sense and it's slowly getting better. Cause obviously you can't just start out being the best and like, you know, owning the spot, but I'm not against it. I'm not 100% like, this is perfect. This is where it should be. But I am I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, I, I feel like she's been pretty solid um, defensively. And we know she and she and Sam Staub seem to be meshing well together. I'm, I'm kind of here for this move. I, I was, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I know it's only four games in. And I don't want to, you know, act like everything is completely good. Everything's been like settled and all of that there's still like not not still not a lot to learn I'll put it that way but I like it I mean I I was kind of joking a little bit like in the press box saying like I think you might have found Tara's calling like this is this has been a very fun transition to see she is quick enough you know as a as a former forward she's quick enough to stick with most forwards we saw her you know hang with Ordonez who even though she is tall she's also very fast um, she was able to hang with her, stay in front of her. She was able to use her strength to make sure she was first to the ball. She de- leans on players very well to kind of knock them off balance. She's got a lot of qual- qualities and like characteristics that make her quite good at that role. So like, I'm kind of here for it. And I thought she had another really like solid game. She's good in the air as well. 
And I also thought it was funny, Sam Stahl, we talked to her post game and she said that they call themselves the Bash Bros because they're both very <laughs> physical uh, and strong defenders. So, I mean, hey, I guess if they already got a nickname, I guess it's it's going all right. It's written in stone. Once you give yourself a name like that, it's written in stone. Facts. And it is very fitting because they are very physical. <laughs> but not in a like reckless way, which I, no, I no, appreciate. No. They, they've been pretty solid. Yeah. Very, it's always useful. And um, it's very entertaining. It's lovely. And just circling a little bit back to the subbing in, I mean, I know we did see people comment on why, you know, why not move Mikion out to the the side and let Amber Brooks be the center back. And it's if, it, if it's not broke, don't fix it. She's performing well in that position. Just sub your injured player. I think that makes a lot of sense to me. I don't, I don't see why you would make that switch around, especially I think it was 16 minutes into the game. Just, just let her play her position. I agree. I don't really think it made any sense to move her at all. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same camp. I agree. I think when you are transitioning a player to a brand new position, you really don't do them any favors if you keep moving them around or if, you know, all it takes is like one injury for you to be like, okay, now you're out. You know, I, I don't I don't think that's how you do it, uh, especially given her performances. It's not if she, if she had been performing poorly, then and you're like still trying to make sure this works. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you can try different positions to see if something sticks. But uh, Tara's been quite good. Um, uh, she's had, you know, a couple up and down moments in games. But I think overall, she's been a lot more solid than I think people have really like given her credit for. Um, she's just basically been a starting center back since the start of the, the season. And um, defensively, the spirit looked pretty tough to beat. Absolutely. I think it's a, a big surprise, but the defense looks solid. Um, so we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but obviously Inez Horina started in, uh, in Bailey Feist's spot. What did you think about her performance? I'll start with Joe. I want to see more of her. Like, I don't want to give a whole definite result, whatever type of answer without seeing more. I feel like we're getting little bits and pieces here and there. And I don't know. I just, I want to see more before I give like a, I love this player. I want them top of the top, best of the best. I really, really, really want to see more. I like what she's doing and she does seem to fit really well with the other players, but yeah, more, please. Andre, you're really you're really grimacing. <laughs> I I am because I think it kind of goes back to what you said before. She's she's more of a defensively solid player. She's very good at tracking the ball, winning the ball back, getting stuck into tackles and things like that. Like she's very good at that. Um, you know, post game, Mark Parsons talked about you know we haven't really seen her ability on the ball, and part of that can be just adjusting to the NWSL. It is. Yeah. Unlike any other women's league in the world, I will say um, the 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 skill level as well. Like just about anybody can do it. Like can, can like nutmeg you can like put some moves <laughs> on you, but also just the athleticism. Um, you you don't really get time on the ball or space on the ball in the NWSL, and that's that can be difficult to adjust to. Like you have to plan your moves ahead. You know, you can't can't receive the ball, turn, look around, scan. Like, no, that that's too much time. Like, the, the NWSL players are going to be on you, and, and more than likely more than one. Uh, so you're going to need to move the ball or make some sort of move to evade at least the first bit of pressure, and she hasn't quite done that yet. So for me, I think it's just tough because of the role that she's trying to um, fill, uh, Bailey Feist's role. Um, Feist is a good passer. She's, she's pretty clean on the ball. Like, her... 
you don't you don't get the same level of ball winning, but you do get clean passes, you do get forward passes, you get interesting like creative things, keeping the ball moving, finding players quickly, you know, the, those kind of that the, those kinds of things. And I just don't know if this is the right position for her. Maybe I mean Parsons needs her in training all the time, so maybe that part is coming. But I think we've seen her not a lot, but a couple times now. And I see the ball winning part of it, but I don't necessarily see the other part. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think she wasn't, I mean, it, it is early. We haven't seen her play very much, but I think she was a little bit better in kind of the, the Paige Mater sub role than than in this one. Um, and I think a little bit of the, the whole team has a problem with passing a little bit right now. Uh, and she, she was among them, but she was not alone. Um, so... <laughs> I wouldn't blame just her for that, but I think that's the whole team needs to work on improving that. I think passing does seem to be a really big rock in their way at the moment. Very, I don't want to say a struggle because they're not like terrible, but they're they're happening often enough where we've all noticed it. So I'm 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 okay calling it a struggle. <laughs> it's not like a struggle to the point where I feel like we need to start yelling, but it's definitely it's noticeable. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's, I agree with you. I don't think it's something where we need to start yelling about it or being very upset about it because the team is still learning new system. And, and some of those, like I just mentioned, how difficult it is in the NWSL. You have to do things a lot quicker than you want to do them or, or probably would prefer to do them in some instances, especially when you're not familiar to the league or to a style of play. Uh, you're, you're kind of being rushed a bit. And I do think that, you know, with time, that stuff will get smoother. But right now, I mean, you, you mentioned I, I looked it up on FB Ref just a second ago and, you know, 67 percent pass accuracy is not great. Um, I mean, the good news is, like I said, defensively, the team's great. Houston had 64 percent. So like, it, was, <laughs> they, it was it was it was we were able to handle them in that in that uh, capacity and, and limit their chances, which is kind of difficult to do. They're a very talented attack. But um on the flip side, it's also like want to see more in this phase from the spirit. And and I think we'll get there. It just depends on when. If we're giving them the benefit of the doubt, for the most part, some of the iffy, I'm not going to say bad, but like iffy passes have come from players that were like adjusting to new positions or they're rookies. So can't put like the weight of the world on their shoulders. Could be better, but iffy. I'm going to call it iffy. There's, there's some room to grow. Exactly. <laughs> And it is so early in the season, so plenty of time to fix it. And that is where I do think that the the Bailey Feist injury hurts the most. I think we we talked about it a bit, but also just like in terms of moving the ball, she was you kind of see what he wants from the two eights. You know, Matea wins the ball. She helps you know uh, progress the ball through midfield, but she's not really playing those killer passes or switches or anything like that. She's job is to kind of be tidy, win the ball, then be tidy with it. Uh, she had a tight little nutmeg there, which I really liked. And so did the crowd. That was fun. Um, <laughs> but the other role, the Bailey Feist role, is the one we're, we're struggling with. And I feel like we'd be looking a little bit better, a lot cleaner in, in possession if we still had Feist out there. But we don't, so we'll have to figure that out. Yeah, and I'm interested to see who who will play this position next time because I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he tries out a few different players um, for as long as Feist out, which I don't think we have much information on that yet. Yeah, and to be honest, I asked him about that post game. Um, if he settled on a replacement for Feist, if it happens to be long term, and 
you know, he wouldn't give me any, any injury details, but at this point, I mean, I think you can kind of say it's, it's not to expect her back, you know, next game or even the game after that. So we'll have to see, but um, he did say that Marissa Shiva was really anxious to get in the game that she kept telling him like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. But after, you know, she was with Ireland playing against the U S they traveled to two different cities in a short span. She played a couple games for the spirit as well. And that, and that, and he was just like, that's, too many games you know I, th- I think it was probably like what five games in the span of 10 days 10 or 12 days or something yeah. like that it was, it was like, a lot in very yeah. short amount of time so i'm i'm glad that even though she was pressing him that he was like nah we got another game coming up and let's just make sure you're ready for that so that, that's good player management i think because sometimes it, it can be difficult especially if you know what the team needs and you know like shiva could probably bring more of the passing uh because she's more familiar with the league um, right now than Jarena is. So, you know, uh, I, I think it is definitely with an eye on the long term, but also just, you know, making sure a player stays, give them the best chance as possible to stay fully fit. Yeah. And I, I've appreciated that. I, I really enjoyed, we didn't get to talk much. I, I don't think we talked after the challenge cup game, but I, I really liked the level of player management, kind of just getting rookies minutes. I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a lot of fun and good for the team. So Glad to see it continue. Um, so I guess we can talk about some of the the big moments in the game. Although there were no goals, we had a few good chances. Um, this, I mean, one came and in, in shortly after the seventy first minute, uh, Chloe Ricketts came on, um, and I thought she looked great. I mean, added a lot of good energy to the field. I heard people talking about how young she was and, and how how good she looked out there. So, um, what did you think about Chloe's performance? I'm honestly really excited to see her playing like I said I'm glad to see more players getting more minutes and I'm glad that it's coming gradually so she's like slowly adjusting instead of it all just happening at once which just from watching and saying it sounds like it would be overwhelming so like gradually coming in earlier and earlier into the game one is very cool to see creating the chance even cooler a bit frustrating that it didn't end up goal but very fun and she's a very I love aggressive players that don't look aggressive. It's so entertaining because then when other players see them get aggressive, it's like, what? You don't match what's happening. It's so fun. I don't remember which Dash player it was that she completely cleaned out with a slide tackle, but there was a slow motion uh, capture of her being like, <laughs> her reaction to that, uh, to the ref, basically. She, she was not happy. Uh, and I think I think Chloe's age maybe maybe helped her a bit there because that's that's probably a yellow card. Uh, oh, the way it she for sure seemed like it was gonna be. <laughs> it was it was an intense. It was a one, little but, gift. <laughs> but I love that um, aggression, like you said, just the intensity and the aggression. Every time she's on the pitch, you can just see like she she plays determined and almost like I don't want to call it angry because it's not like anger, but it's just like ultra highly motivated (laughs) like she goes in like i have a point to prove and it is kind of fun so like when she gets on the ball the first person she sees she's like i'm running at you i want to beat you i want to take you out i want to get by you i'm going to beat you with the ball and it's just like i love that so like i'm excited to see her keep getting opportunities like this because i think that's exactly the kind of player you want to bring off the bench and and i think that given her age that's a perfect role for her too because you don't want her to have a starting role or something as, as good as she may be. I think it's still way too young to rely on a player like that to start. But she got in, step overs, you know, trying to nutmeg people, slide tackles. That's exactly what I want to see. So I'm here for it. 
It's like this intense fearlessness. Very exciting from such a young player. Fearless is, is exactly the word because that's also what we saw when Ashley Sanchez came in. She wasn't 15, but she was quite young. And she, I think I, I wrote about it. The very first thing she did on the pitch in terms of disrespect was nutmeg Julie Ertz. <laughs> was <laughs> one of my favorite things ever. And I remind her of that a couple of times and she just kind of laughs. But yeah, it's like, that was when I was like, okay, this, she's not playing around. And that kind of the same thing with Trinity. She came in going at people, you know, I, I love to see just the fearlessness of so many young players. It's, it's awesome. It's like, instead of like waiting for their chance, they're going and getting it and they're like proving why they belong. Very exciting. And like, they all have their own like levels of intensity and aggression and the way they play. Ugh, so exciting. So exciting. And I, I thought Ashley Sanchez had a really good night last night. I think she's been maybe a little quiet for me in the first few games, but, um, had a lot of good chances last night, was was really dominant on the ball. Um, definitely had the, I'd say, the, the most heartbreaking shot of the game, <laughs> for for Spirit fans at least, which uh, was a really nice just, just shot that, that hit the, um, not the crossbar, the, uh, the post. Um, you could hear it in the whole stadium. Um, it was very sad, but it, it looked like a great, would have been a great goal. I feel like if you had to pick like an underrated gem, for the spirit, I would definitely pick Sanchez. She's always like very consistent with what she does. And again, with that aggression, if I had to pick like a favorite for anything and a top player, it would always be a player who's like not afraid to be aggressive. Just like a very strategic, but like underrated gem. I, I love her. Great player. Very frustrating that it didn't end in a goal. I think draws are just more frustrating than losses, but ignoring that part. I think it has been a bit of a struggle for Sanchez to find her role. It is a very weird system. You don't get a lot of central service because you have a diamond shape basically for the midfield. And so the two players that, you know, are the two wide, wide number eights, it's going to be difficult as a central player to find those direct connections. So she's going to have to like, she has to drop deeper. She has to shade herself to the right or the left at the right moment to find a better passing angle. And I think it's been difficult to figure out, but I also think that she's getting there. You know, I, I, after the game, she did say it was like, she's played as a false nine before. And that kind of like is something similar to the way that she's playing right now. Um, so even though they're not using her kind of like as a target, you know, the target is actually hatch of course, but it's it, getting her integrated in and around the box is important. And this was probably one of her better games of the season in the role. Uh, she created that chance for herself by getting the ball and then kind of popping it wide so that Ashley Hatch could run onto it. She said she knew exactly where Hatch was going to put the ball. And then she did admit she had her eyes closed when she headed the ball. <laughs> so she was like, I had, I had my eyes closed. And when it hit the post, she was upset. Like she, but you know, it, it was, um, it was a very great, it was a very good move. And she was very, if I kind of was tracking her run after she made the pass she was hauling ass. Like she was trying to get to her spot real quick. I was like, okay, she's absolutely expecting this cross to come in because she like, it's almost like she saw the play develop before and there was like an X in the in the box, like marked in the box where she had to get to and she just darted straight for it. So that part was kind of cool and to see it come off like that was nice. But, you know, and there were also some not, great moments in terms of final shot. I think she had one shot that was right at the keeper. 
Um, it was a great cutback from Trinity Rodman that she just didn't get enough power, pace, or even placement on the ball. And if she would have gotten a bit either in either direction, I think that's a surefire goal. So there's there's still some stuff like that to clean up. But this, I do think that chance creation-wise, this was her best game. And I, I mean, I think that's it's very good to see that this was a game in which she kind of improved and is starting to settle into the role because I think a big thing that we saw in this game was this team does not have a lot of different ways that they are able to score currently. Um, Because if, you know, it's a difficulty of the system, I'm sure with the 4-4-2, you just have kind of Hatch and Rodman up there as the the only ones who have scored all season. Um, And I really think if another team is able to come in and kind of shut them out a little bit, keep them from making, from scoring. Um, Spirit don't have a lot of other options. So I'm glad to see Sancha stepping up. I know she had I mean, right after that. It was a header, as you pointed out. And I forgot um, a header that went off the woodwork. Um, she had another sh- chance right after that. So she was really digging in and trying to be that player for her team. And I appreciate that. I do think it's, and maybe this is like 100% biased, but I do think that the lack of, other scores kind of plays on the lineup, which yes and no, but a bunch of like more than half of the lineup is adjusting to either new positions or being moved slightly over a 4-4-2 instead of a 4-3-3. It's just tiny little adjustments here and there. And they haven't quite clicked yet. Like the pieces are here, but they're not touching. So yes, the scoring is only from two people so far, but at the same time, I'm not exactly worried. Because when things fall into place, I have like full faith. Or I wouldn't say full, like 99.9% faith. That other small percent is like worrying about the lineup not changing a lot. But minor detail. You know, I'm not too worried about the lineup not changing a lot. Because I think what's, well, hopefully, we'll have to see if this is what's happening. But I, I believe what's happening is we know that the lineup is going to be very different in and around and even a little bit after the World Cup. So I think on like you got to get the best out of the players that you have as you have them right now. And then hopefully once that World Cup comes around and players are out for a significant period, you've got players who are ready to step in. And so continuing to kind of get them used to the system to kind of get their build their confidence a little bit, let them know in training like this is your position, you know, being just very clear about where players are going to play. And I think that if there is one thing that's been happening, we don't really have to guess, except for Amber Brooks, I suppose, <laughs> when someone <laughs> steps on the field where they're going to be. Amber Brooks gotta, will play wherever, but everybody else seems to have a, a pretty set position uh, or at least a, a place where it's not unusual to see them play. And I think that that's a good that's a good sign um, in terms of the system. So still want to see a little bit more growth and all of that, but... I I think we're gonna have plenty of time to see see some of these players um, this being a World Cup year. I truly trust systems where they can swap out players and the plan they've developed just holds. I think it's beautiful, no matter the sport, but especially for this team, I think it could look so great. Holding on to that ninety nine point nine percent faith, though, just just a little bit. Um, well, we should give some shout out to Aubrey Kingsbury who had an excellent game, as basically always. Um, she had five saves, uh, some of which were pretty pretty scary. Uh, I'm so glad she was there. Uh, what did you think? I'll start with Andre. I'm 
Like, shout out to her. Congrats to, you know, she got married and all of that. But the fact that we can't say brick wall Bledsoe anymore because it just, <laughs> it just, it, the, the mm-hmm. flow was so good. Brick wall Kingsbury is what we have to go with. And it's not bad, but, you know, uh, it doesn't have quite the same flow. But still, regardless of all of that, um, excellent. Just, just excellent. I mean, to say that she tipped onto the bar, that was outrageous. That's, that's a goal for, I think, probably the majority of goalkeepers in the league. Uh, except maybe like the the top top ones like maybe Sheridan um, thinking you know perhaps like Tulis Joyce up at, in Seattle, you know I, I don't think there are that many goalkeepers that save that that make that save and push it on the underside of the bar the way that she did. Uh, the reflexes were amazing for that. So like I'm here and can can I can I drop a hot take, y'all? Oh, Go absolutely, for it. please. Can do. I drop a hot take? <laughs> I don't even know if it's that hot of a take right now, <laughs> but I, I'm, I think Vlatko is going to be disappointed and, and, and kind of look silly for dropping her out of the goalkeeping pool. Um, I know that that's a team that she, she really wanted to play. She really wanted to perform for. Um, and I think if you go analyzing goalkeepers, is always difficult because systems, defensive systems are different. Defending styles are different organizationally for back lines. All that stuff is different. You got shot stoppers. You have keepers that are very good at positioning and organization. You have keepers that are very good at distribution. Like just trying to figure out, like get a total picture on every single goalkeeper and then compare them is hard to do. But I think if you look at the numbers, particularly the shot stopping, Nair has had a down year. Um, So started off having a down year this year. Casey Murphy did not have a good year last year. Um, AD French had a great year, but now uh, KC just kicked off. We're talking on Sunday, and they replaced her with Cassie Miller. And Miller looked pretty decent. I don't think AD French is a poor keeper, but I don't think she's she's yet to find the form that she had last season. Probably for a number of reasons. That's a brand new defense. They had a lot of injuries, but there's been one keeper that's been quite consistent throughout all of that. And that's been Kingsbury. So mm-hmm. like the she's the past what three, four years, she's been good to great. And I think the past couple years, she's been great. Even in the really poor season, she saved a lot of goals um as well when the defense was a little nervous, a little rattled. So yeah, I I think he's gonna regret not having her to call on. Um, unless he kind of fixes that and gives us a surprise call up <laughs> uh, for the World Cup. But uh yeah, I'm I, I, I'm just consistently impressed, and I, I just think the fact that she has so much in her game and still is underappreciated, no matter how many awards she wins or how many times she's like save of the week or goalkeeper of the year or whatever, I, I just I would still like to see more her name pop up more when people talk about the best goalkeepers in this league. That might just be your best take ever because that was beautiful. <laughs> That's I wholeheartedly agree, and I know everyone says, and I agree that defense wins games. And like a goalie, for the most part, can only be as good as defense in front of them. But even with the iffy, I'm going to keep saying iffy, the iffy games we had last season, she's just amazing. She's consistent. She's aware of the play that's happening on the other half of the field and how it can lead to her and what that can lead to. The situational awareness she has is just out of this world. But not so far out that she shouldn't be on the national team. I don't know. An amazing player. And I kind of want to say that just in like general for DC sports, when there's a really great player, they're only appreciated once they leave. And I really hope she doesn't leave because it's like, it's written in stone, death taxes and 
don't pay attention to DC sports or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's got a lot of a lot of tools in her goalkeeping toolbox. I mean, talked about shot stopping. We talked last week about how she saved penalty kicks. Um, not all the time, but occasionally. But it, I do think it's disappointing she hasn't gotten a better look from the national team. And even when she was there, she really didn't get to play. I think maybe she, the last time she was called up, she maybe got in one game. Um, and I, I think she's, she's she deserves better than that, in my opinion, as well. This is the first episode, I think, where we're just all agreeing on everything. <laughs> and and of course, it's Aubrey Kingsbury. But yeah, I mean, quite honestly, my thing is also like selfishly, like appreciate you not like not understanding the level of quality that you have access to. So now we get to keep her for a full season. And that's great. Like True. our season's not going to be disrupted. Um, likely not going to be disrupted unless there's an injury, somebody picks up an injury or something. Uh, but for her and what she would want and the acknowledgement that she deserves, that's where I feel really disappointed because uh, I, I agree, Annie. She did when she was called up, she didn't get enough time. She was kind of, it felt like they, she's done this with a couple players. Call them in, evaluate them, and then give up on them really quickly. Did it to Savannah DeMello, did it to Sam Coffey. And it's like, why are you giving up on players so quickly? We had time, and we don't have time anymore. I feel like it's the lack of faith and like your own development if you're just giving up on people so easily. Like you just don't even believe that you could develop a player the way that you think they could play for you. You're just like, yeah, never mind. That is by far like the biggest pet peeve I have about national teams. Calling up people that would be a really great fit, that would really love to represent their country. And then it's just like, yeah, never mind. You're not it. It's And it's not even that they're great. It's just you don't want to try. So it's very annoying. I was going to agree. There was plenty of time to try. There are plenty of camps we could have had more people in. <laughs> plenty, plenty of, plenty of games you could have just, just said, this is a friendly, let's, let's go crazy with it. Um, but I will redirect us back to uh, <laughs> to the Washington Spirit game against Houston. Um, let's talk about so the good good things, good vibes from last night. What what would you say were the good things, Joe, about the game? In our notes, we still have it that we're undefeated, but with a tiny sure. asterisk, I do want to say that draws. Saying it again, draws are still more frustrating than losses. There are so many opportunities that just can connect. And sure, half of them are like for the other team too, whatever. But it's so frustrating. It's just a bunch of what ifs. And there's nothing more frustrating than a what if. But also, the team doesn't look as frustrated as they did at the end of last season. It's like they're slowly just like throwing that all away. Mm -hmm. And I'm all for it. It looks beautiful. Just a fresh season with every game. It's like they're just getting despite the results not being the same for every game, they're getting better. 100% like faith in this system that everyone's talking about, but no one's being 100% direct <laughs> about. So yeah. What do you think, Andre? Any good vibes you want to call out? Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I kind of look at it and I think the, the fact that we're still unbeaten in the league is kind of important. Um, so even though I, I agree, I wish, I, I think the spirit had enough chances to get one goal and could have got three points from that game. I think if you kind of look at it, to me, the most frustrating game was the 2-2 versus Louisville. They should have won that game. You know, letting them get two goals back was was frustrating. And then not being able to score a third to get a winner was was frustrating. But I think, you know, you look at the performances against against North Carolina and O.L. Reign, two teams that are quite good. And I think, you know, 2-2 two, two 
in the in the season so far, no losses. That's not bad, especially when we got a brand new player playing center back. We got a brand new system. You know, it's a very talented team, but um, it seems like they're able to control games enough to be difficult to beat. And that's something that's really kind of cool to say already. But for me, the biggest like good vibes thing is that the Dash only had 0.4 expected goals. 0.4. I don't even know if that's their lowest of the season so far, but I'm going to go ahead and say it is. <laughs> I might be wrong. Maybe I'll look it up it, and correct it if I'm wrong. No, no, no. Don't fact check it. I'm going to second it. <laughs> We're just going to roll it with doesn't, it. It feels to me like that team with Ordonez, Salmon, and Maria Sanchez, like those are three very uniquely talented players that can cause a lot of problem on their own and certainly collectively, or just two of them can go off and, and do something outrageous to keep that trio down to a 0.4 expected goals. I mean, that was that's a hell of a defensive performance, in my opinion. Defense really does win games. <laughs> I someone should get that tattooed. That's just beautiful. <laughs> Sounds like you. I'm on it. <laughs> uh, I I agree. I was going to shout the defense as well. I mean, if I looked at the um, the passing heat map for for both teams, and the spirit defense really kept Houston primarily in their own half with passes. I mean, they obviously had some chances on goal. They had several shots, but really was able to lock them down and, and keep them mostly in their own half. And, and that was, I mean, just, yeah, such a testament to this young defense in, in a number of different ways young. So I, I was glad to see it. All right. I looked it up. Yes. No. You fact-checked. <laughs> I did. I fact-checked myself because it's very important to do this. I was right. Louisville, 1.3 expected goals. Against the Red Stars, 2.6 expected goals. Against Portland, 1.4 expected goals. 0.4 is their lowest in the league. Now, there, there was a Challenge Cup match that was 0.2, but they, that, they heavily rotated in that match. And so I feel like I'm not really inclined to add that. I'm sorry, not 0.2. They're 0.6. So still, still the lowest. But every other game that has been a regular season game, has been over one expected goal. And to keep them not even at a half, that's very good. That's amazing. Now, I do think this raises the question of what was the Spirits XG yesterday? Because I don't think it was a lot higher. It was a little no, bit higher. No, it was not. <laughs> it's it's time for us to pivot hard. to the bad vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we might as well pivot to the bad vibes because the bad vibes are pretty much well known. We've already discussed them, but yeah. Um, not great on the chance creation and not great on the chances taken. So Mm -hmm. they did double the dash uh, in terms of their expected goal, but it was only 0.8. So, you know, uh, it's kind of weird too with expected goals. Shots that hit hit the crossbar, hit the post, don't really register a high number because technically they are off target. And so you're not really going to get a goal if it's not on target. So I understand that. But, you know, sometimes when you see a number that's only 0.8, and you think like, oh, they should have gotten, you know, so many should have been such better. It's like so much better. That number's got to be wrong. But no, it's 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 probably right because that that chance that Sanchez had off the post didn't count for a ton because it would not have gone on you. You can't really go through the post into the goal, I mean, even though I would have loved it. And that was the kind of bullet cool. header that might have been able to accomplish such a thing. It did not. We can dream. I do feel like one of the bad vibes thing we're just kind of carrying on from these two draws so far is everyone seems a little antsy a little worried that every time it's not a win that it's just reverting back to last season 
like they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I 100% believe that that is not the case, like at all. Everyone does seem worried, but like I, I truly believe this system is, I don't want to say it's perfect, but it does seem to be working. You don't win the shield with ties though. <laughs> Which is why this is under bad vibes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we already talked about the passing a little bit. That's, that's something that needs to get cleaned up and hopefully will help them create more chances. Cause this is, I mean, yeah, I think we've talked throughout the episode a little bit about some of the things we'd like to see improve, but uh, you, need, you need to keep improving because all the other teams will. So I, I think they can, though. <laughs> we have faith. For sure. Yeah. For me, it's just, it's really going to be figuring out that, that Bailey Feist role. She's, mm-hmm. you know, continues to be out and out long term. Um, I think Mateo's getting better in her passing, but you've got her on the pitch for different reasons. Like anything you get in terms of chance creation is kind of like, like gravy like that's like that's bonus um so i'm kind of looking for sanchez to get more involved and to get the other number eight a bit more involved in terms of chance creation we do that and we're able to find you know uh rodman and hatch in good areas we'll be all right but you know the the improvements there but the which to be honest if i'm if i'm being honest if i'm being <laughs> very honest this might be another hot take that i probably i probably i probably should like quit while i'm ahead um Sanchez and Rodman still, for as many chances they create, they still are just slightly below their expected goal numbers. They don't really put away the shots. I think Trinity, in her rookie season, I believe, she um, outperformed her XG, which is something you want to see, really, for for an elite-like attacking player. And I don't think Sanchez ever has. I need to, again, I have to give myself more fact-check work, but... Um, you know, uh, still kind of a nod to the fact that players are very young. And if they have to be clinical, then you're probably not going to get the production that you that you really need to win a lot of games. But if you can up, like increase the number of chances they create, you are absolutely going to get a lot more goals, a lot more assists. So we need to see a higher volume of chances created just to be able to take the full advantage of those two players, I think. No, I actually... I'm not saying I'm just like all for hot takes, but I 100% agree. I don't think they should be like reckless or anything, but they could be creating more chances and it could end with goals. And I do think it would just be more entertaining. So a little bit of both. Again, not reckless, just they could definitely be strategic. They, they show they can be and they're like crazy good together. So it's, it's there. But I know last season Sanchez was... I don't remember if she ended up, but throughout the season, she was a league leader in shots taken um, and not so much a leader in shots on target. But I mean, I, I do think it was it's an important piece of the team and their scoring is is how many shots Sanchez usually takes. And she hasn't quite gotten to do that very much this season, which I think is hurting them. OK, anybody have any final thoughts on the match against Houston? Honestly, I'm... I know I said draws were frustrating, but I'm glad, so glad it wasn't a loss. I was very <laughs> worried that they would be so aggressive with their attack that it would overwhelm the spirit and all of the new players and the players in new positions. And for the most part, that is not what happened. And I am so glad. Definitely. I, yeah, I don't know what mine's going to be. Very, very, very predictable. But also, go to games, damn it. 
That's really all I got. Uh, the the number was seven thousand seventy three, which I think was pretty decent given the weather scared a lot of people. But we gotta get like consistently nine ten k in there. Um, it sounds different when you have ten k in there, and I just want like the the players deserve that, and I just want as many people to come and experience the the team and these players as much as they can, and um, we're, we're pretty lucky to have the players that we have uh, in the and on this team. Um, the team hasn't always had this amount of, of talent, um, not to, not to, you know, shit on other, other teams, but like Rodman is, and, and Sanchez are two like really young, very good players. You know, the last time we had a player that, that young was what, like Mallory Pugh at the time. And that went poorly for a number of reasons that were not her fault. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So I just think like, we're in a good spot. The team is fun. Um, there's a lot of energy. Uh, they are capable of putting on performances versus anybody uh defensively they're good you can see you know player you don't even you haven't even heard of Paige Mateer shows up and nutmegs people like you you got some exciting talent out there beyond just like the the Sullivan Sanchez and Rodman and I just want to see you know the the numbers continue to increase so shout out to you if you went next time bring a friend I thought you were about to say next time you're gonna fight and I was worried well I'm just, so I'm trying to I'm we're trying so to threatening kindness. people yeah, I've, I've, we've 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 threatened people a couple episodes now, so I'm pivoting to kindness, and we'll see if this works. Okay, if this doesn't work, I guess we're pivoting back. So, oh yeah, y'all heard. <laughs> yeah, correct. This is a warning. Yes. Next was it next home game? Um, yeah, next home game. I'll be looking at the number. Otherwise, the violence is coming back. <laughs> my my hot take takeaway is uh, I hope I hope those uh, pro refs have got their, their CBA getting it scored away. They're getting trained up really good because there were some interesting calls Oof. that may have uh, may have impacted the game. I don't know. Um, that so is very fair. Let's, let's get them their money and their training. <laughs> I'm pro-booing refs, so for no matter the sport. So I agree with you, but I'm still going to boo. So, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, they just they have to know that I'm against – them but not as a person <laughs> once the game is over it's all fine but I, I have to boo it's like part of me yeah and I think that's a very good one like we didn't we, I, I like the fact that we waited because I don't like to just yell about the refs all episode but yeah I mean I know I tweeted from the account a few things because there were just some very strange decisions that were being made and there's a particular one where it looked like this a spare player got cut down from a slide tackle and he gave the foul against the spear player who got tackled. And I was like, what game are you watching, my guy? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, there was, there was a lot of that, unfortunately. And he was just not consistent. So, yeah, I'm with you. More training, more support. CBA, yeah. Go labor. <laughs> I do like that. We're a pro-labor podcast. Like, <laughs> very much pro-labor podcast. It has been, like, inconsistent consistently. Like, it's not just with the Spirit or maybe with Houston, but they're just wildly inconsistent. But yes, pro-labor, pro-union, very important. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the Spirit will return um, on Saturday, April 29th. Um, They'll be playing in Chicago against the Chicago Red Stars at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, So everybody tune in. That should be on, I believe, that's on Paramount Plus and also... I'll double check, check our website, the district press, because I'll have the details for you there. But I think that one's also on um, the local broadcaster, but I will check. 
um and go spirits thank you so much for listening we'll be back next week with another episode remember to like subscribe review and rate five stars you can follow us on twitter at hey spirits and as always go spirits